Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, golfers. Your tea time awaits. It's the Tea to Green Golf Show here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Got a thought on the PGA Tour? Want help with your swing? Give the show a call at 803-0550. Tea to Green is being presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome. Custom Turf, Michelob Ultra, and Jim Beam. And by our home clubs, Tantera Golf Club. Briarwood Country Club and Lancaster Country Club. A hole in one, not big. Now it's time to talk golf. Here are your hosts, Brian Cozio, Kevin Sylvester, and PGA Pro Jeff Metis. Good morning, everybody. It is a special edition of our Tee to Green Golf Show here on WGR Sports Radio 550. I'm Brian Cozio. Joining me as always, Kevin Sylvester, PGA Pro Jeff Metis. Yes, I know. Two weeks ago, we were signing off on our season, but 2020 is 2020. We know anything can happen. Guess what? We're back. It's a, a major this week, the U.S. Open. Uh, so we're here to do a special show for you here on WGR. So uh, you get 60 minutes of golf talk here on WGR, which we're looking forward to. So if you're a regular listener of TD Green, we appreciate it. You get us here, and uh, maybe you're just tuning in here on a Saturday morning. Not expecting to hear us? Well, here we are. Sit back and relax. We're going to break down the U.S. Open for you here uh, over the course of the next hour. Beyond lots of U.S. Open talk, we'll have our Western New York PGA Tip of the Week and uh, some other interesting nuggets here along the way. And we'll talk about fall golf here in Western New York. It's been an incredible year to play golf, Kevin. Uh, as we say good morning to you. And uh, as we all said on our last show, some of the best golf conditions are yet to come here when you get some great fall days to play. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, the cor- courses right now are lush. They're green. Uh, I had a chance to play one of our home clubs, Lancaster, the other day, and the condition was <laughs> it was perfect. I'm like, wow, the golf course is just in unbelievable shape. Can't believe how quickly uh, everything's healed up from being aerated, uh, the greens and the fairways. And it's like, all right, let's just mother nature. I like playing cool golf I, i've got enough quarter zips to play all fall long here let's keep the snow away and the frost away so we can go well into november jeff is shocked that i have enough quarter zips <laughs> let me close my jaw yeah and uh, and let's understand uh frost delays there's a reason there's frost delays don't be that member that's out there going hey when can we go when can we they're gonna let you go as soon as they want because they don't want everybody sitting there they want to get everybody out on the golf course as soon as possible. And I agree. It's the best time of the year to play. And how cool is it to watch the U.S. Open this time of year? It's, it's, it's been neat. The golf course looks a little different. And it's really been, it's a lot of fun to watch right now. Yeah, the course conditions have that 
lush look of an early spring time uh, with the cool nights and the warm days. And uh, Jeff, that's what's making this rough so penalizing right now is how thick and lush it is. Yeah, you know, what I'm noticing, and it's actually, it seems more penal off the tee. Like it's the, the players, I'm always amazed every time I watch the, the major championships with the, these brutal conditions, how good their short games are. But off the tee, when they miss it in the rough off the fairway, it, I feel it's more penal than when they miss it around the greens. They still have a chance to get up and down around the greens in the right spot. But often from the, the rough in the fairway, if you're 170, 80 yards out, you almost have no chance to reach the green. And uh, it's, it's been very, very difficult Fun to watch. It feels like the old classic U.S. Opens where it's very penal, very difficult, and nothing but a grind for 72 holes. And, and, and for me, I, I really enjoy watching these players grind out every shot. and Every shot has tremendous importance. All right. Let me, let me ask the question here then, and let me be maybe devil's advocate to that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I do think there should be a premium on fairway. But – it, it seems, and, and, you know, this is a throwback to, yeah, the old U.S. Open was like Wingfoot, right, when Jeff Ogilvy was five over par in one uh, <laughs> back in 2006. <laughs> but you have rough that is incredibly penalizing, and you have these right. greens that have these incredible undulations and speed to them. It, is it fair to have it both ways? I mean, as, as, as we – uh, you know, there's only what there's less than 10 players under par overall. And then you have, uh, you know, we have 12 players, 11 players that even par or better, um, which I get. But it just then you have Tiger Woods, who's a gazillion over par. Phil Mickelson, a gazillion over par. Uh, there's just some players that just look really, really bad. And it just seems to me like you've got the rough that's penalizing and then these greens that are lightning. Can't you have it one way or the other? You know, I think I think we're trying. I think the USGA is trying to identify the best player this week, um, and it's always been a it's it's always been a difficult setup. You know, the fairways are very narrow. I'm I'm hearing reports of twenty to twenty five yards in some spots in the landing areas. Um, you know, that's this is a major. Um, every shot is important. Every shot has value. Power is a score that's relative. So I, I guess I don't look at it as being that important whether it's par or it's a six it's how are you doing to the rest of the field and how are you doing compared to the other players this week so I guess I look at it differently it's trying to identify the best player of the week and you know yesterday what was everybody saying after people you know Justin Thomas shot uh, five under oh it was too easy the greens were it's it's always that way I feel in the U.S. Open the first round you get some good scores and it gets harder as the week goes on the wind was blowing today on Friday, uh, yesterday, I'm sorry. So that also made it much more difficult. You know, tomorrow if it's calm and, and soft, it, you know, scores might go down a bit. But I, I think you know that going in. That's the setup of the U.S. Open. That's what you're preparing for, and that's what you're going to get, and you definitely got it this week. And I do agree. It's a, it's a beautiful golf course. The green complexes are almost tougher than it is off the tee. But I feel these players can adapt around the greens with their wedges, you know, maybe because I've been watching Patrick Reed for a couple of days and the guy's a wizard around the greens that I feel that they can adapt. But I, I think it's what you expect at a U.S. Open. I think we're getting what you expect, and I think it's, it's going to be this way the rest of the week. All right. I, um, Brian, I'm interested in your opinion. Did I not answer your question? No, no, you, no, you did. But you said something there that I, I, find, uh, I 
find interesting, and I think it's a pretty good debate here. Um, this the USGA is trying to identify the best player, which you, you want to do in, in every major. I, I frankly, I think every golf tournament you want to identify the best player, uh, the one on ones. But uh, after the, the second round, the two guys leading are the best scramblers. Um, Patrick Reed is an unbelievable scramble scrambler, always has been. Right? I mean, his wedge game he was magical uh, around these greens and balls that you couldn't find. In the Would you say DeChambeau is a great scrambler? I wouldn't say DeChambeau is oh, a great scrambler. But, but he's been scrambling uh, very well, well because of his strength out of the rough. Um, but is the best scrambler the best player? Like, to me, finding fairways and greens and making birdies, um, I don't know. I, and I, I'm not saying the best scrambler is not the best player. I'm just always – I look at it as like, well, this guy's a great scrambler, so he's the best player in the world. Well, no, Dustin Johnson just won the, you know, uh, FedEx Cup because he's the best player. He's, you know, ripping it and scoring, um, you know, and he got to scramble a couple of holes, not seven holes, eight holes in a round. I'll you say know, this. Go ahead, Jeff. No, go ahead, Brian. I, was, I mean, Dustin Johnson is the best player in the world right now. He's playing as good as anybody, and he enters the weekend plus three, 22nd place. He's still alive, so he'll have an opportunity. Um, I guess I'll, I'll half answer your question, Kevin. I look at the top of this leaderboard. I see Reed. I see DeChambeau. I see Thomas. I see Shoffley. And I see even, even Todd, who even though he didn't win, he has had a very good year. I see Matsuyama. I see Rom. I see Finau. I see Simpson. That makes up all your top 15 guys there. I've rattled off maybe 10 of them. And those are guys that have all had good years and good have years. all been playing well. But where are the best? Some of them great the, years. Where are the top-ranked players in the world, aside from Justin well, Thomas? DJ's, DJ's 22, or 22. Justin Thomas is tied for third. And John Rahm is tied for 12th. So those would be, be my one, two, three. Okay. And you got a 22, a 12, and a, and a third. I'm not, so I, I'm not so saying I, it's wrong, but I, I just I want to throw some numbers out. Second round, Patrick Reed, he hit five of 14 fairways. Five of 14 fairways off the tee. He hit half the greens in regulation, nine of 18. And let me look at the shambles real quick, uh, his stats. And these are, you can check all these. He hit seven of 14 fairways. He did now 12 of 18 greens in regulation. Now, maybe those numbers aren't fair because of the setup of the golf course. Um, you know, because it is more difficult to hit these fairways and greens in regulation. Uh, but I've always looked at if a player can hit 10 of 14 fairways, and if he can hit uh, 15 of 18 greens, that guy has it going on. But again, course setup may be making that impossible to do. I, I, and I agree. I think these fairways are so narrow. But Jeff, don't you think this is what golf has kind of become now? Like th there's been a trend of – I'm still going to hit what I think is the best shot possible. And if it doesn't go my way, I'll figure it out at the next shot. I, I think there used to be, especially in the U.S. Open, there used to be a little more planning of ahead of like, well, I cannot miss here because I don't want to have this shot. Now, I'm not saying everybody has the DeChambeau mentality, but I think they're all thinking the same thing of let me get it down as far as I possibly can. Let me hit what I think could be the 10 out of 10 shot. 
and miss, it's only like an 8 out of 10 shot, well, I'll figure it out from up there. And I think that's why you're seeing DeChambeau and Reed succeed, because I think that's kind of a little trend in golf, maybe than what we have saw from 20 years ago at the U.S. Open, where guys were very strategic. They had a – I'm not saying these guys don't have a plan now, but I'm saying it's a different plan than maybe what you would want to see, Kevin. And these, and these fairways are tight. You're right. Reed's 5 out of 14. If there's one more Thomas yard on either – and that's missed eight in a row, right? Right. Yeah. 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 Well, and and to be fair, just just, just let me finish up with the numbers, Jeff, and then you can jump in. The field average on Friday, round two, was 38% of fairways hit. 38%. Um, The the guy who led it. 60? On a regular week in the tour? uh, Would it be about 60? I I would say, yeah, it's probably fair. Brendan, Brendan Todd led the field 71%. He hit 10 of 14 fairways. But he was right at the field average on greens and regulation. 9 of 18, 50% field average. So that shows you how tough the golf course is. So maybe you do have to be the best scrambler to be the best player this week because this field average says you're going to hit 40% of fairways or less if you're going to play average, and you're going to miss half your greens which is incredible. Well, it's, it's testing every aspect of your game right now. And, and, and the third thing, we're halfway through this story for the U.S. Open here. What's this golf course going to be like Saturday and Sunday? It could be vastly different, right? I, I don't imagine it being vastly different probably, but it's, gonna, it's still going to be very difficult. And if the wind's not blowing, do you think – I bet that fairway percentage is a little bit higher. It's still going to be lower because it's a U.S. Open. And the and the roof is taller, and the fairways are narrower, and that's what you anticipate and expect when you get there. But part of being a complete golfer is is when you're not playing your best, still finding a way to shoot a good score. And if you're not playing your best, and you're missing eight fairways in a row, and you're still two under through two rounds, like a Justin Thomas or 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 a Patrick Reed through these two rounds, hey, you you've been the best player through two rounds. Now, 36 holes from now, Patrick Reed might be. 10 shots back. Who knows? Um, but I think it's going to identify, and, and I would bet that Dustin Johnson would tell you right now he has not played his best over the last two days. There, there's a very good chance he had some kind of letdown after winning that, the, uh, the tour championship and everything that entailed that and that the grind that that took for weeks. And this is the ultimate grind. So if you're not totally every shot, you know, these guys, you don't live and die typically. They live and die on every shot in the open because, you know, six inches here or there can create a double bogey pretty fast. So the the, uh, the mental strain that comes with a, a playing in this type of event is is difficult. And I think that's they're going to identify it through 72 holes. Who can who can fight through this? And you're going to have a bad day. In, in four rounds, you're not going to have four great rounds like Dustin did during the Tour Championship run. Um, but you're gonna you're gonna you're going to have three good rounds. Hopefully you're going to need three good rounds to win. So. But yes. here's, here's what I, what I think is good. We're not hearing golfers say that something is unfair and the USGA's criticism over the last 10 to 15 years has been sometimes either conditions have gotten out of hand or great shots weren't rewarded. And I still think we're seeing that when someone hits a great shot this week, regardless of where it comes from, it still ends up being an opportunity to score, score well. And that's really 
I guess all I would ask from the USGA in these opens is I know they want to make it hard. I know they love seeing these guys. There are certain people that are listening right now that absolutely this is their favorite tournament of the year because they love seeing the pros struggle. And I would argue I am okay with it being as hard as it possibly can as long as it's fair. We've seen some U.S. Opens where guys hit tremendous shots and the ball doesn't hold or because of the conditions through the fairway, you know, if you hit dead center of the fairway, you should still have a shot in the fairway when it's done. We've seen them set up courses at times where it hasn't been like that. And I'm not hearing that from players this week, Kevin. So that's, I guess I would say, a good sign in terms of how they've got it set up that, yes, it's hard, but I'm not hearing the unfair factor. I'm not watching golf where I'm thinking that is a tremendous shot that at least they're getting some reward from. Well, I, I think that's an excellent point. Um, and it, it's there in front of you. They know the difficulties, the green complexes. They know the rough. Um, uh, some guys hitting towards bunkers because they wanted to be in the bunker. Easier play. Patrick Reed on uh, the finish, his finishing hole, the night pole. Uh, better play to be in the bunker uh, to get up and down than short of the green, as he said. Very tough to clip it and get it to stick where that hole location was. Um, I found that pretty interesting. It'll be interesting to see how the course is set up on this Saturday afternoon to see how it plays. You know, it's moving day where you want to see, you know, guys make, try to make their move. Will there be opportunities to make their move other than the ninth hole? Uh, you know, other than the two par fives on the golf course, will there be opportunities for a Dustin Johnson, Dan Berger? They're both sitting there together at uh, tied for uh, 22nd at three over par. Those are guys I look at prime to make a move. Like you want people to come up from a pack. You're looking at them. Can John Rahm make his move from the 12th spot? Will there be those opportunities um, to do so? Because if it's playing tough, heck, the, the guys at the top of the lead, guys like Harris English, Brendan Todd, as you mentioned, uh, Thomas, Reed DeChambeau, they can just hold the course. They know they'll be fine and have that chance on Sunday afternoon if it plays as difficult as it did in round two. But making a move in the U.S. Open might be a 69, a one under par. It might be make, that's a making a move in the U.S. Open. You know, shooting two or three over in the U.S. Open's nothing to scoff at, especially there. So I think making a move might be one under par. And, you know, you got 36 holes. We're only halfway through. The, the character of the, of the tournament will, will be determined by what happens this weekend, not what happens on the first two days, I think. Ryan Colesiel, Kevin Sylvester, PGA Pro, Jeff Minas here. You're listening to a special U.S. Open edition of Tee to Green here on WGR. Thanks for joining us here on a Saturday morning. Tee to Green presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome. Michelob Ultra, Custom Turf, and Jim Beam. And our home clubs, Tantara Golf Club in North Tonawanda. Club in Lancaster. Coming up, we'll get our Western New York PGA Tip of the Week in our second segment. And also our Champions Tour report. Yes, we'll get our opinions in on Tiger and Phil here before time ends. And uh, I also got a, uh, a cool Babe Ruth story and how it relates to uh, this weekend here coming up here uh, before we leave you here at the course of the hour. But all right, so let, let's just let's break down the guys that will be in the final pairing today. Kevin Reed and DeChambeau. Uh, if you did a fan poll of everybody's favorite golfer, these two might be near the bottom. And uh, – I would, I would have loved to have seen a rowdy, uh, drunken New York crowd on an, a late Saturday here uh, go at these two guys over the course of the round. But nevertheless, we'll get to watch them on TV, even though there won't be anybody there in person. Well, it's funny, yeah, right? The two, two villains of golf, I'm using air quotes uh, <laughs> with that. Um, 
<laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, these two uh, finished one, two in Mexico, the Mexico championship, the world golf championships, Patrick Reed won that um, Bryson DeChambeau waited for Patrick Reed to come off the green um, on the bridge that oversees the fans. Like he knew he wasn't going to win, but he waited for Patrick to congratulate him. These guys have been uh, teammates in the president's cup. Um, so they're, you know, they, they respect each other and I think they like each other. So I, I think it's a comfortable pairing for them uh, in, in that final group. Um, they both have played well out of the rough there. Um, and, and, you know, Patrick Reed loves tough golf courses. You know, he, he, um, I've had the opportunity to host a couple of virtual pro-ams with him and he's actually got a pretty good sense of humor. Uh, matter of fact, I had, I had his face blocked out in one of these Zoom things. And for some reason, I brain cramped. And John Rahm's like, he was part of it. And he's telling me, it's Captain America, Captain. And I'm like, yeah, how did I forget uh, Patrick Reed? Well, I just had his face covered. Well, the next time, uh, he was a solo player on it. And he goes, before we start, I just want to hold up a sign. says, hey, Kevin, I'm Patrick Reed. Like, it was, really, <laughs> it was just really funny uh, that, that he did that. And we had a great conversation. So. Um, you know, the guy you see between the lines, not necessarily the guy you see outside the golf course, but they are both going to have their game faces on in that, in that final pairing. And I, 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 they might even look at like match play the way they're going, even though it's not. Jeff, these two guys, definitely uh, unique personalities in different ways. We've talked about throughout the course of our season here, uh, what people may dislike about Reed and DeChambeau here. Uh, I'll ask you this. What do you like about those two in terms of just their games? We know they're world-class golfers, but if, if people were going to emulate some things that Reed and DeChambeau do, uh, what do you think they would, what do you think it would be? You know, DeChambeau, I would emulate, you know, his constant quest to get better, to find an edge, to find something that maybe nobody else looked at to try to find a better way to play the game. Um, and with Reed, you know, he's, 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 Got a lot of guts and his short game. I mean, watching him pitch and putt this week so far has been, you know, truly mesmerizing. I mean, some of the up and downs have been insane, you know, knowing how difficult the golf course is. Um, you know, I, I think if I was a young player, I'd try to emulate the best players in the world by trying to have the best short game in the world. Um, like Patrick Reed might have. He's one of the, he's been great this week. And with DeChambeau, you know, his, his, his uh, desire to be the best, his desire to find an edge. And maybe I disagree with how he does it or what he's doing, and make, and I could be dead wrong, but I appreciate that he's going his own way and just being his own golfer, as both of them have, and just playing, being the best player they both can be. Kevin, I know obviously you know you've got many conversations with your PGA Tour job with players. Patrick Reed last year, of course, toward the end of the season, had the incident in the sand bunker. I think it was at the Hero event, right? Yes. And he took a lot of, he took a lot of flack for that. He's already rubbed a lot of players the wrong way. I'm sure this didn't go a long way to help his relationship with low players. Do you think if, if you could get them to, to answer you honestly, hatred level, what fans want to make it out to be, or do you think it's a little overblown or, or where do you think it's? Well, that's a, uh, that's an interesting question. Um, well, listen, I, I know this. Uh, he's, he's very close to Webb Simpson. All right. So do you have ever heard anybody say anything about Webb Simpson? Um, no. 
Webb I've Simpson. Heard him, I've heard them say he's like the nicest guy on tour. <laughs> okay. And he and, and Patrick yeah. Reed are pretty close. So I think that says everything for you uh, right there. What I, you know, I, the, the incident, it, it's funny. It's funny. I, on a, I mentioned that Zoom call. There's, a, there's one later on with Cameron Smith, who was the guy who kind of called him out at the President's Cup. And when a question was brought up to Cameron from uh, somebody who was on it, uh, we were both like, oh, my gosh, that feels like ancient history uh, where, where it was and where it went. And I also think Patrick Reed doesn't care, right? I mean, he's out there to win. Um, and, you know, it, 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 the slow-mo video showed what it showed, and it was a penalty, and he got the penalty. A end of story. There isn't anything else that has been seen, done, where he's been, and players have accused him of it, uh, except for some stuff back in college when he was really young with teammates. So, um, listen, the guy's won a Masters. The guy's won a couple World Golf Championships, and he's got a chance to win there. So, and again, I don't see anybody, nobody goes out of their way to, to, to say anything about it. Um, he knows that, uh, you know, there have been things said about him. Again, I, I think he, he kind of brings it upon himself to help him fuel it help him uh, get him going. Whereas Bryson, I'll just say this, I think he listens to everything. I think he needs to, I think he needs to take over Patrick Reedham and not give a, you know, not give a care what people say. I mean, and it all stemmed from, and I, I, I was there. I was walking by the range when this happened last year at Liberty National in the playoffs where Bryson got into it with the Brooks about slow play because Kepka had said something about it and everything that happened after that, what happened? You know, Brooks went over to confront him. You want to say it? Say it to my face. Don't say it to my caddy. And all of a sudden, Bryson bulks up. And then he finally, I think it's this week, admitted he wanted to be like Brooks Kepka. He, he saw how Brooks demolished the field with his length. That's why he did it, to, to beef up like Brooks is and did to get longer. And look, at he had a chance at the PGA, and now he's got a chance at the U.S. Open, things he did not have before when he was a pretty darn good golfer and won three times. We've all butted heads with people, and it doesn't mean we dislike them. You know what I mean? And um, and are, are we all fans of Patrick Reed? And, 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 no. But um, and I think golf needs that, though. You know what? If he's a villain out there, good for him. You know, and and does he play well when the big events and the lights are on? He seems to. Bryson, you know, he's maybe not to the the level of Patrick Reed for that yet, but you know, he thinks differently, and you know, maybe he's not as popular because he looks at things differently. Five years from now, it could be way different. People accused Gary Player of cheating. People accused um, uh, Bernhard Longer with the putter. Fijian. Uh, VJ. Oh, it's VJ Singh. VJ yeah. was accused of cheating. Yeah, you know, and, and people make mistakes, and who, you know, the people perceive things that may not be accurate. And yeah, you win. I'm you not going to hold that event, against them. You win any event in any local club, you're a cheater. So, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you. <laughs> Yeah, you're a sandbagger. Yeah, right. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, think about this. And, 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 good, 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 and you good. hear the winning score, and you're like, oh, my God, they cheated, no doubt. Right. <laughs> yeah, just uh, – I, I might have gotten in trouble congratulating guys on their net 56s once or twice during screen you know, events, but, yeah. Hey, uh, <laughs> before we go to break here for our first segment, let's, uh, let's get in a thought on – Tiger missing the cut and Phil missing the cut. Um, let's let's use Phil as our champions tour.
here, uh, brought to you by Donald Ross Clothing, the official clothing gear of all of us here on Tee to Green. Uh, Kev, I'll let you take Phil, and then uh, Jeff, you take Tiger. Uh, they both no chance of making the cut this weekend. I was not surprised uh, by either, but uh, especially Phil Mickelson, he's been knocking the ball all over the yard. Um, his driving accuracy, I did not expect him to make the cut, to be honest, with how narrow the fairways were and just how off he has been with his driver. It's amazing to see him hit the driver out of the rough, <laughs> not only in Safeway, but, uh, you know, around, he was what, standing in the bunker and did it. Uh, but, yeah, and, you know, his, listen, this is one of the great players of all time, of all time. But it's just not there right now, and he's got to figure out that safe shot. But I, I think, um, you know, it's Phil Mickelson. It's all or nothing with him. And he didn't, he didn't have it this week. You know, I think I'm getting to the point at, with Tiger where I just appreciate watching him play now. I don't know that he'll ever be what he was. I still think he'll win a tour event or so. But having seen Tiger at his prime and seen Tiger do the things he did throughout his career, you know, it's almost like watching the senior tour or appreciating. Somebody said this, or this analogy from someone else. Why do you want to watch Arnold Palmer shoot 78? Well, because I, I remember what Arnold Palmer was and what he meant to the game. And I, I'm almost to that point with Tiger. You know, I, I don't know that if he'll be competitive. I think he will here and there. But I, I still appreciate that Tiger's out there playing. And I think it's great for golf that he's still competing in these events. Yeah. Well said. Yeah, both these guys obviously have brought a ton to the game. And still, in many facets, Ken. Um, and I'll finish with a guy that missed the cut that actually had a worse score than both Tom Phil. And that's Jordan Spieth. Shot an 81 on Friday. Had said... Uh, after round one, he said, it's the worst feeling in the world right now. He goes, you're at a U.S. Open where you can't miss anywhere. And he goes, I don't know if I'm going to miss left or right. And he said, it's the worst feeling in the world. And uh, for a, a world-class player who was on top of the world just about five, four or five years ago, uh, I just I, I hope he fixes it because he brings a lot to the game. I think he's super well likable. Um, he and his caddy have brought in many great conversations that we've all enjoyed. And to see Spieth struggle the way he is, like, you don't root that on anybody. It, it looks like he's just, he's absolutely lost out there. I'm sure this off season is, he can't get here soon enough for him. So uh, no speed this weekend. Yeah. He had a worse score than both uh, Phil and Tiger. He needs to look at what Brendan Todd does. Find the fairway. Hit a, don't worry about the distance. Just find the fairway. He's worried about the, he was worried about distance years ago when he was one of the tops of the game and chasing it. And it ruined him off the tee. Yep, I agree. Okay, time out here on Tee to Green. More to come as we roll on on our special edition, our U Open edition with PG Pro Jeff Metis, Kevin Lester, Corey Griswold producing. Thank you, Corey. I'm Brian Colziel. We'll get our tip of the week coming up right after this on WGR on Tee. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. Second segment of Tita Green here on WGR, our special U.S. Open edition. Hope you're enjoying your start to your Saturday. Um, I'm Brian Colzio, along with Kevin Sylvester, PGA Pro Jeff Metis. If you missed our first segment, it'll be up in our on-demand audio section in just a little bit, uh, WGR550.com. Uh, lots on the U.S. Open. But now Jeff is going to kind of take the shots that you're seeing on the U.S. Open and tell you how you can do that on your course. Uh, Jeff, the rough has been absolutely brutal, thick, all over the place, fairway, around the green, everywhere. Uh, as we get to our Western New York PGA Tip of the Week here, brought to you by the Western New York PGA. The Western PGA has one goal, promoting and growing the game of golf today, tomorrow, and beyond. Uh, let's talk about hitting out of thick rough. Um, if you have playing at a course maybe that you're not used to and you got thick rough all of a sudden, uh, or maybe even, you know, these wetter fall days, you might get some really thick, lush rough to have to hit out of. Uh, why don't you take us through the thought process? Let's maybe start in the fair. You miss the fairway. And now you've got to hit what you're hoping to be is maybe an approach shot or maybe just a, a chunk out. What, what are some of the things that you should be thinking about to make the shot successful? A couple quick tips. Most people use too little loft. So first thing you want to do is make sure you have enough loft. If you're trying to pitch it out and you got a floor in your hands, it's probably not enough loft. So make sure you have enough loft. The other thing is you want to move it back in your stance and get a little steeper. So you want to hit down on that ball, try to get less grass between the club face and the ball. So take a little bit more loft and move it back in your stance and try to get less grass between the club head and the ball. Now around the green, once you get closer to the green, it's going to be a little different. If you watch this week, a lot of these guys, they're not actually trying to hit the ball. They're going to hit these, these long, rough shots near the green, more like a bunker shot. So you want to hit an inch or two behind the ball when there's a ton of rough around the green and almost play it like a bunker shot. Open the blade a little bit, use the bounce of that club, and make sure you have some zip. If you're trying to contact the ball sometimes, your, your club might get stuck. So in the rough, the club face will tend to twist closed. So any chance you get in the long rough, you want to open that blade a little bit, grip a little tighter with the, the bottom three fingers of your left hand just to keep that blade from twisting open. And around the green, hit it like a bunker shot. Hit an inch or two behind and make sure you accelerate and, and bounce that ball out on a cushion of grass instead of a cushion of sand. It's not as difficult as it sounds once you get a little bit of feel for it. How about where you should position yourself, feet, weight, all that sort of stuff uh, in both of these shots? You know, in the, off the fairway, you want to have your normal stance, maybe a tiny bit wider. You want it slightly behind center because you want to be descending into that golf ball to let the loft of the club launch that ball out of the tough grass, uh, out of the tall grass. Around the greens, that's going to be a judgment call based on the lie you have and what kind of shot you're trying to hit. But play it like a bunker shot so you'd have it. The, I guess the difference would be it'd be a little bit more in the center of your stance than it would be forward in your stance if you had a bunker shot. If I can add, this is why players work out constantly, too, um, because of the physical demands of playing out of rough like that. Justin Thomas, in his post-round interview, 
Friday night was exhausted. He said it was exhausting uh, to play in it. It takes a little bit more to muscle the golf ball out of there. It's a little more taxing uh, on the body, isn't it, Jeff? It is. Um, it, it, that's where injuries can happen, too, when that club flips over. Um, you got to be careful. You don't know what's under the rough. I, I think he's probably more exhausted from the strain of playing 18 brutally hard golf holes for the second day in a row where every shot is life or death because hitting it in the wrong spot can make you grab a double bogey real, real quick. Now, if you actually hit it so far into the rough that you can't find your ball, a lot of times in just gentlemanly play, you'd say, we can't find it. You drop it and you take a penalty. But that's actually not the rule, Jeff, right? It happened to Jordan Spieth on the second hole of this tournament. Yeah, I was surprised. I thought there'd be more cases where the three new, relatively new three-minute rule where you're allowed to search for your golf ball would have come up during this event, especially without fans there. I thought they might have trouble finding a few of these golf balls. But, yeah, you have three minutes to find your golf ball. Um, if not, yeah, that's a lost ball, and you have to proceed under the lost ball penalty, which is stroke and distance. Yeah, so I, I, Kevin, I would guess the majority of amateurs that just play, you know, their one round a week with their buddies, they're usually just dropping it right where they think it is and taking the penalty. The, uh, the gallery rule or the leaf rule, they That's don't right. exist in the actual rules of golf. Uh, <laughs> but, but for pace, but of, pace play, of play is important. Right. So if yeah. you're out there and you got a group behind you, just right. drop a ball. I mean, if you all go. saw it, if you all right. saw it going a spot, you, you can all agree, like, you know, whatever, go for a hole, got it. It's funny, I, I had a lost ball off a tee at the fifth hole at Lancaster earlier this year in a match, and I hit it left, and we couldn't find the ball, so I had to go all the way back, and that's the hardest hole on the golf course. It's over four, it's 450-yard par, par four. four. Yeah. And wouldn't you know it, I hit a career drive my third shot. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> of oh, course. Yeah. Hit my best drive ever on the hole. I only had 175 in. That's how much I murdered the golf ball, but it was my third. Yeah. It happens though. But if it's match play, you might as well just walk to the green anyway. You probably lost after hitting it in the fairway. Well, you never know. You never know. It was a team match. It was a oh, team okay. match. So, you know, I didn't want to leave my partner hanging. And then I promptly made double bogey. I left him hanging. <laughs> Good job. Absolutely. <laughs> Our uh, tip of the week again brought to you by the West New York PGA. Hey, if you still a lot of golf left here this fall, if you want to get involved in some of the events or uh, contact your local PGA professional, uh, go to WNYPGA.com. Uh, by the way, up. congratulations, Timmy Faulkner. Didn't he just win the I, match I was play? I bring that up. Yes. Yeah. As much as we pick on Tim Faulkner, he's a really good player. He won the assistance uh, match play championship this week. Congratulations to Tim. That's a, that's a good win for him. I think it was the, it was it wasn't just this was the whole deal. Like uh, all all the pros were in it. The top sixteen was it Freezer in it? Uh, I think he won the match play. I could be mistaken, but I thought yeah. he won one of the match play events. Yeah, he won the match play. Falker won the match yeah. play. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Congrats, Tim. Nice job. Hey, uh, how about also this good news this week from Section Six for all of you living in the Section Six area, listening here in Western New York and Buffalo. Uh, high school golf was one of the sports that was approved as a low-risk sport to go ahead and proceed, and some schools are starting as early as Monday. So high school golf should be back, uh, and as it is in Section 6, boys golf and girls golf here get going. Uh, so that's a good sign, Jeff. I know uh, 
you know, you working with, with teenagers a lot and, you know, a lot of aspiring to be high school golfers at some point, like this is good news. We haven't had a lot of good news when it comes to school and activities and sports. Uh, but golf is one of the ones that's going to be able to get going uh, come next week here in Western New York. You know, good for those kids. Cause a lot of these kids, this is their senior year. This is how they're trying to get some scores down to, to try to get into college and play and stuff like that. I imagine the logistics are difficult because every golf course is pretty busy right now and they're trying to squeeze a two month season into a month, but good. I'm glad they're getting to play. And I, and I agree with that decision. I wish them the best and hopefully uh, we can still have the States in the spring for these guys and girls. That's right. Yeah. And for those that uh, may be listening elsewhere, either in the state or somewhere else, New York state uh, high school golf, some sections play in the spring, some play in the fall, and then they, they all come together for sectionals and states uh, later in the spring. So it kind of just depends on what each section is doing. But uh, for the majority of you listening here in section six in Western New York, uh, yeah, golf's going to get going uh, very soon. Okay. We're going to take a time out here. Uh, when we come back, we'll get our final thoughts on the U S open uh, see if we need to adjust our picks from uh, what we were thinking about. Uh, I'm kind of liking the guys that I was mentioning. Uh, and also, I mentioned, how does Babe Ruth and this week's U.S. Open have any connection? Well, I got a cool story to tell you about. Uh, when we return here on TD Green with PGA Pro Jeff Metis, Kevin Sylvester, I'm Brian Colziel, Corey Griswold producing. Thanks for being with us. More TD Green coming up right after this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're back. Final segment of TD Green bonus U.S. Open show here on WGR. I want to thank Scroy Financial, the local family-owned financial planning firm, helping Western New Yorkers since 1971. And they are ready to help you with a complimentary one-hour consultation. They can do it virtually, you know, with social distancing. 716-674-6700. That's 674-6700. ScroyFinancial.com, spelled S-G-R-O-I financial.com and one of our sponsors of our major contest which has brian looking at spreadsheets all weekend long mm-hmm. uh, especially tomorrow evening uh batavia downs and of course our friends at the jumpa all-state agency with offices in clarence and williamsville and let's also throw in michelob ultra has donated prizes for us as well so we've the got a great- bag it's in my home studio and i'm trying to keep my kids away from it um That's right it's a sweet golf bag so if you uh, are in our majors contest, all of the entries are posted on my Twitter handle page at Brian WGR. First place, courtesy of Batavia Downs, gets a night in the hotel, restaurant gift card, free play in the casino. Uh, they're back open, by the way, which is good news. 
And second place gets a golf bag from Michelob Ultra. So uh, good luck to all of our participants. If you didn't get in on this week's majors challenge, we're going to do it again in November uh, for the Masters. So uh, make sure you're in on that. All right, before we uh, finish up with our U.S. Open thoughts for the weekend, um, Babe Ruth, of course, a uh, famous baseball player, maybe one of the greatest baseball players ever. I think that's a, a fair argument to say. Uh, but how does he have a connection to this week's U.S. Open? Well, he liked playing golf. He liked watching golf. Um, Babe Ruth, in terms of his connection to Wingfoot, that's where he played a lot. Listen to this story. This is from uh, golf.com. Babe Ruth was never a member at Wingfoot, but that never prevented him from stopping by the club regularly in his days with the Yankees. Ruth was spotted golf playing at the club nearly every day while he was nursing a questionable injury that kept him out of the lineup. Later, he skipped out on a game that the Yankees had because he wanted to attend the U.S. Open at Wingfoot. Still, he didn't get any criticism, though, from any of the press largely because several Yankees beat newspaper writers were members at Wingfoot who wished to keep in good standing. Ruth was known to tell many of them, quote, I'll see you up there, as he would leave the baseball clubhouse on his way to the golf clubhouse. Good story there, Kevin, right? <laughs> Love it. Um, I guarantee you there isn't any writer cover the Yankees that's a member of Wingfoot right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, uh, that just great old time of baseball back in the day when newspapers were pretty much it for coverage, those beat writers and those players, like they had that inner circle relationship, even though they might've had to write something poorly about them. Like they had what a unique relationship than what the media is now, Jeff. It's so different. Yeah. No one ever reported on FDR's uh, crippled, right? And yeah, things were different back then. And eh, it makes me kind of like Babe Ruth a little bit more now. I think I'm a bigger fan than I was before I heard that story. Yeah. Well, that's Kevin, why, you... you know, pitchers bring out what Smoltz, uh, Gladden, great golfers, right? Johnny Smoltz, because, uh, yeah. you know, they'd pitch, they'd have the, you know, they'd, they'd go out and play golf on their off days or, you know, in the mornings. Clemens used to play a ton of golf. So, yeah, absolutely. Kevin, in, in your reporting days when you're covering teams, like it's too bad you did you, that, you know, you, you kind of almost wish you can go back in time to have some of the, some of the things that went on with these old beat writers. It's, it's not like that now. My goodness, if you're covering an NFL team right now. Can you oh. imagine if you would play golf and just, hey, I'll see you later. We'll play golf together. Like, yeah. <laughs> I used to host a show with Larry Felser, the late, great Larry Felser back in the day. He was a, a great uh, writer for the Buffalo News. Uh, just a gem of a man. He was awesome. Um, and you know, the stories he would tell me about, you know, the, the football coaches and athletes uh, he would cover. Uh, ma matter of fact, when Dale, this is not golf, but Dale Earnhardt, when he passed away, um, I was working in Charlotte at the time. And I remember uh, the writer, I forget his name, but he's a longtime writer there. And he wrote a story on how he would go fishing with Dale Earnhardt and Daryl Waltrip, and Earnhardt, he had, to pick, he had to pick the guys up, and he goes, we just had a new station wagon. You know, we just got a new station wagon. I told my wife, I got to bring the new car. I'm picking up Dale Earnhardt and Daryl Waltrip. So he went and picked up. Now think about this for a second. This is a writer covering these athletes, and he goes over to Dale Earnhardt's house to pick them up, right, to take them fishing, and they're going to pick up Daryl Waltrip. 
And Earnhardt says to him, and then he can get in the passenger seat. And he goes, come on, Dale. He goes, you really think I'm going to let you drive? He's like, it's my new wagon. He goes, don't worry. I'll take good care of it. Peels out. It was just a beautifully written story of the camaraderie that they had. But, yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't exist uh, in today. It, that, Brian, it didn't exist 20-some-odd years ago when I was uh, on the Bills beat and freezing my butt off in the tunnel hoping uh, that a player would come out to talk to us. So, yeah, yeah no. It's too bad. That, uh, but, yeah, I agree with you, Jeff. A little more of me likes Ruth now. He actually skipped Yankees games to go watch the U.S. Open at Wingfoot. <laughs> I skipped Yankees games for way better reasons than that, yeah. <laughs> the Yankees have had a great week, by the way. They, uh, I know. That's all they I do know, is keep winning. I know Yankee yeah, fans no listening now. That. Yeah, right. no one wants them to win anyway, so. <laughs> all right. If you, let's, uh, except most of the people listening. Except for, Yankees. Yankees. Right, right. you know, okay. all the people that maybe you, you know, are going to give lessons to and listen to the show. Right. That. Right. that I just alienated? Yeah. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> all right. Let's, uh, let's, let's spend our last two minutes here looking at the weekend. Reed and DeShambo will be in the final group this afternoon. Justin Thomas lurking. Um, I mentioned Shoffley on air earlier this week on WGR. Uh, that was my pick, and he's tied for seventh, so I'm going to stick with that. Um, you've got Brendan Todd, Mr. Accuracy. You've got Matsuyama. John Rahm, by the way, we've said nothing about him. We should say something. He's plus one, tied for 12th. He can be right there, Kevin. I know you're a Rahm fan. Uh, what are you looking forward to most this weekend? John Rahm, look at you. Look what he when he's won this summer. He's won on difficult golf courses. So – Memorial, remember how tough Memorial was? Oh, oh, yeah. John Rahm won there. So he, John Rahm is going to, I think, will be in one of the final two groups uh, on Sunday. I remember on our preview show on our TD Green Extra, I mentioned Todd in, in English, didn't I? You did. They're okay. both tied for third going into the weekend. Good call I, there. I picked DJ, though, didn't I? You, you did. did. Okay. And he's, he's plus three. He's he can you. be right there if he has a good day today. You never know. He's right there. He'll be in the he'll be uh, in the third third from last group tomorrow. Yep. And I picked uh, Justin Thomas. I think he had his bad nine holes on Friday, um, and I think he found his form later in that round. I'm going to stick with that pick. I think I think this is a, this is his week. Yeah. All right. We we did actually pretty well with our picks. They're all still alive, so we'll have to see uh, how it goes into the weekend. We're experts. That's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Very good. Thank. That's a great way to remind everybody here at the end of the show. Good I want to thank. I want to thank Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas for a good first round. That's all I'm going to say. Understood. <laughs> all right. All right. Sports Talk Saturday coming up next for all of you listening here on WGR. And uh, thanks to Corey Griswold for producing, and thank you for listening. Enjoy the weekend of the U.S. Open. And for Kevin Sylvester, PGA Pro Jeff Minas, I'm Brian Colesiel. Thanks for listening to T.D. Green. We'll talk to you next time right here on WGR. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.